Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Season 10 is here, Butler. Double digits, baby. Calm down. I'm just excited to talk about our whole new slate of films this upcoming season. We've got a Shakespearean adaptation set in the 70s in the world of fast food with Scotland, PA. We're also taking on two sequels to highly popular films in U.S. Marshals and 2010, The Year We Make Contact. But I know you're more excited about our third annual Forgotten Horror. It's my favorite time of the year, recording October episodes in the dog days of August. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. And welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right, it is late September, and I am firmly entrenched in the Halloween horror spirit. I just spent this past Saturday at Connecticut Horror Fest. Shout out to past guest and friend of the show, Scary Larry Dwyer and his crew for putting on an amazing show. It was so cool. Packed. It was overpacked. Uh, nervously overpacked. I don't know. It was great. Got to hang out with all my favorite people, Pine of Comics people, a lot of podcasters. Got to see actress Jordan D. Natale from uh, Fear Street. You should go check out the, the pics on our Instagram at NomcastPod to see my cool Camp Nightwing shirt that I ordered, and uh, the cool Ruby and the Killers poster that I had Jordan uh, sign. She was very cool enough to do that for me. I also got to see composer, musician Brian Birdsey of Satanic Panic 81, uh, who's been on our show before. If you guys listen to the Gerald's Game uh, episode, we also did kind of an interview with him. He makes amazing 70s and 80s horror film inspired synth music that I was listening to on the way to Horror Fest. Didn't know he was going to be there, and it was so cool to run into him. Be sure to order Satanic Panic 81's latest album, Mara. It is excellent and really puts me in the mood uh, for that horror film frame of mind, which is a good place to be. Because today's episode, uh, we are going to give an update on the horror and thriller films that will be coming to Netflix this Halloween season. And to help me with that is our good friend, the host of Media Mosh, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me on. It feels like I was just on like a week ago or so. <laughs> Tis not so, sir, but I did see you in between. So maybe that's what you're... Uh, kind of hinting to i did mention that on the pod i got to see your your huge ass i don't mean like your ass is huge i just mean you're very tall uh in in my in my presence for the first time even though right. we've been talking for almost two years it's kind of fun it was very fun yeah and it just seemed like the summer went by because we did uh the geek week was the last time i was on no really yeah no i think so no you were on uh was it Blood Red Sky and oh, all that stuff afterwards? You know what? You're right. Sorry. See, that's how blurred my mind is right now. I know. Yeah. But so that 
it's actually a good follow-up for you because that's kind of like the last horror stuff we had until this season starts up um, where, you know, we've talked in the past, Shane, we've done this before where, you know, and last year during this time we did the full preview, me, you, and Scary Larry kind of like, you know, what was coming and then we kind of did a follow-up to kind of see how they executed that and and, and kind of like it, it's interesting because last week we did the holiday movies the christmas movies that are coming up yes i'm doing things in weird order i always <laughs> do um but you know it's it's kind of the same conversation they seem to be upping and upping and upping the amount of these films that come through like they're really investing in you know kind of the culture around the holidays and i like it and especially this because We've always said that they need to do more horror. It's cheap. It's stuff that they can control really easily. It's 90 minutes and you're out like half the time. So, you know, why not? And I think, you know, so far this year, they've had a couple of horror movies come through. Things Heard and Seen, Ghost Lab, the Fear Street trilogy, uh, classic horror story, Blood Red Sky, which we mentioned. And now, you know, we're going to go through it, but there's a decent amount of stuff here. And then kind of the little dangler out there of will the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel drop like unexpectedly too still kind of hangs out there. So that's not on the list today, but it's still kind of out there. Would you be excited for such a thing? I don't think we talked about it. No. In fact, I'm getting a little surprised here with you announcing that. I oh, no heard, way. I haven't heard anything about that, but that wouldn't surprise me if it all of a sudden just dropped out of the sky out of left field. Yeah, uh, because I'm trying to think of the the schedule. I know the closest thing they have to the actual Halloween date is Army of Thieves on the 29th. So I don't know if they can cram something in in between, whether that's a Wednesday or a Friday, I'd have to look up. But I would think they could drop something unexpectedly late in October and still make it work, especially even right now because you're still a month out. So it wouldn't shock me. But yeah, there was a report out that Netflix had acquired the the sequel. Uh, it's supposed to be a genuine sequel only to the first movie. Basically, oh, okay. it's kind of just retconning all the other sequels. So it involves the uh, the you know final girl uh, played by um, Marilyn Burns, excuse me, who just passed away. Like she it's like her and her family, you know, it's, so it's the spiritual sequel to the first movie, like almost directly afterwards where like people haven't heard from Leatherface and his family since. So that's the, the setting for it, at least whether, you know, what else the details are, but it's enough be for interesting. Me. Yeah. It's yeah. Enough for me. I'm in. No, and I, I think it's enough for everybody. So the fact that that news came out, I, I'm, I'm surprised I have, that was a few weeks ago. So I'm like, Hmm. You need to get your ass a trailer then and then get this, you know, on a release day out there because people are starting to get the buzz, man. Like there's a bunch of these movies out that we're going to go over, but that would be kind of a crown jewel for them. Oh, absolutely. So they're going to pull a Halloween and retcon what they're currently doing following Correct. the first. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, Halloween one and two kind of like are a pairing. So a lot of times people will go from that start or what happened? Wasn't there uh so the latest Terminator, I think, did that where they were like, we don't recognize, uh, oh, we only recognize the first two or yes, whatever. Correct. You correct. know, so everybody's kind of doing that now. We're like, hey, remember all those shitty sequels <laughs> we put out? Sorry, those don't exist anymore. And then just go from there. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. 
But let's get started on, on the stuff that is out. I mentioned last week I gave kind of like a mini review of Nightbooks, which is kind of like the unofficial kickoff to all of this. Uh, that's more in the family horror section, you would say. I know you had mentioned to me that you have now watched it. Um, I had watched it uh, before it came out. I had a screener for that one. And I was pleasantly surprised, but I actually kind of liked it. And uh, you could tell the little influences of producer Sam Raimi here. A little bit of Evil Dead stuff, practical effects stuff that I, I, I like the nod. So where are you with that one? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised uh, as I'm watching this film just unravel. Uh, like you said, I like that you could see the same uh, Ramy influence with the practical effects, the witch, uh, the witch that you eventually see in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely his trademark on there. Ritter, fantastic. I thought the cast was great. Um, it, it is definitely a kid's movie. Like I have a 10 and 7 yeah. year old and I would both definitely let them watch it. The yeah. younger one might get freaked out a little bit like, as that movie starts to wrap up. But I think as the movie goes along, it's pretty innocent enough where it is a family movie. So if yeah. you need something for your kids to kind of dip their toes into, that would be the one where I would say, go ahead and do it. For sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I've heard a lot of people say it's like a step above, like a Goosebumps, <laughs> you know, or Are You Afraid of the Dark type of thing. But it's to me, it's just a little less cinematic than maybe something like The Witches or something else where it was like meant to be more of a family thing, uh, Monster Squad, or like it probably falls into like something like that, but a little better done, you know, things like that. Which I know, sorry, Monster Squad fans, I know Wolfman has nards, we're all there, I'm there with you, but um, that's, you know, good, that's a good comp with the yeah, above bumps, but not as cinematic as witches. I think it falls right yeah. in between there, yeah. Yeah, and he even has some like creepier stuff, like with the with the little sculptures. Uh, you know, I won't give too much away, but that kind of give me like Return to Oz buzz a little bit, like where it's like that creep, just a little bit of a creep factor. It's gonna knock you out. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a recommend if you're if you're gonna get the whole family for for a uh, you know little early scare in the season. That's cool with me. And. I do want to say this up top. I know you were like, I'm going to watch it anyway because we were talking about it off mic. But there is a movie out today, if you're listening to it on the day of release, Intrusion, um, which is kind of, it's not horror, but it's like more like a domestic thriller, you know, crime thriller uh, where, you know, it's a it's a couple, their house gets broken into and, you know, you see it in the trailer. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but, you know there there's gunshots going off and, and people getting killed. And then it's kind of the aftermath and the discovery of things that make this movie go forward. Uh, I did not enjoy that one. <laughs> uh, I did. I, uh, it, it, it suffered from the main things you would hope don't suffer. The two leads um, at times I just thought were, they had no chemistry and, and really kind of felt uh, God, borderline insufferable or like just didn't have enough emotion on the page. Um, and then, yeah, the plot is kind of predictable a little bit from the beginning. But I know you're looking forward to it. Shay. I know you saw the trailer. So wh wh what can I tell you? You already said you're going to like ignore me. So what what do you need from me? Uh, do you just need me to shut up? I guess. Yeah, pretty much, because there's nothing you're going to say to me that's going to make you not watch this movie. Yeah, uh, but I will have you in the back of my head as this thing is going along. This is the like uh, housewife special. This is like the, you know, 
I watch Lifetime movies about, you know, uh, women who need to you know i'm a sucker for like different actors and actresses (laughs) well you know i've become a fan of logan marshall green not only from upgrade but he was also good in the invitation yeah i don't know if it's still on netflix but uh i think so i like him in that so yeah i was looking forward to seeing him when i noticed it was him in the trailer then you come just dropping bombs on me saying it's it's (laughs) terrible sorry man I just got. I gotta tell the people. That's what. That's the job, man. Uh, so if you, uh, it can't you know, be in my mind, Andrew. It can't be any worse than the last mercenary. It's just so different. It's right. how. It's how. Well, the only thing again, kind of like what I said about some of these other films. It is a ninety-minute film. Get out of your way, kind of a thing. So, if you need a decent time suck on a Wednesday, knock yourself out, man. Uh, I I just will not endorse such things. Uh, we are getting, you know, I know, uh, you know, football is only Thursday and Sunday and Monday. I know Wednesday's the in between, but you know, there are other things maybe we can toss your way. Like I was telling you all there, the jaw. I think all the Jaws movies are now on Netflix. You're welcome. Go do something better with your life um, <laughs> instead of that. But now, after that though, is when we start to get into the good stuff, or at least in my eyes. Uh, on September 29th, so the week off after, still looking at Wednesday releases. It's very interesting. I don't know if they just don't want to really like counterpunch the the theatrical releases or the bigger streaming stuff that's on the other platforms. But this one, uh, no one gets out alive. This is a movie that we previewed with Larry back in uh, the late uh, late winter, early spring when um, Things Heard and Seen came out. This is a, a story about an immigrant in search of an American dream of the American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. And I watched the trailer for this. Trailer's out, everybody, if you haven't seen the, the trailer for that. It's it's pretty pretty spooky. I thought it went on a little too long. They could have probably actually chopped it with not giving too much away, but it's got a lot of those elements I like uh, where it's, you know, you got creepy landlord types you got can i trust my roommate stuff you got you know just general you know old house darkly lit you know things lurking in the shadows type thing you watch this as well shane what do you think of this so far i'm on the fence about this one okay preach only because it feels like one of those movies i would say and be like you know what i'm looking forward to that it's gonna be a good movie i think they gave way too much away in the trailer yeah, I think it's been one of these movies I'm, I'm looking forward to and then just falls flat for whatever reason. Um, it kind of not it didn't have the same tone, but uh, any like you're talking about the spooky haunted how the apartment with the creepy landlord. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. There were some images where it kind of remind me of the ring or the mm. grudge kind of. OK, you know, maybe I need to go back and watch the trailer, but I saw some stuff kind of like pop up like, you, you know, they use the effects in the grudge. Right. More. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I don't know, like I have I have some hopes for it, but it's just, it felt like one of those movies that I'm going to so look forward to. And then it's just going to be like a bomb. And I'm gonna be like, yeah, so upset when this movie's over. Yeah, I always uh, it's like a coin. I try to go back and think about what else got released on Wednesdays versus Fridays and see it hasn't if there been is good. kind of a pattern. It's not been great. So I don't have that fu- information fully in front of me, but it, it doesn't it doesn't scream uh you know that it should be great but obviously netflix had a hit last year with some spooky house stuff with his house or that was also kind of an immigrant story here 
This one is based on the novel by Adam Neville, and it's produced by the creators of The Ritual, which is a movie that I liked quite a bit. Um, and it is also the producers of The Night House, which just came out. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that one? The Night House, I have not watched Night House yet. That's still out in theaters a little bit. I don't know if it's hit PVOD or any of that stuff yet, but um, that got mixed reviews. I know a lot of people had, I think, some issues with the ending, but that was a movie that made a lot of noise out of Sundance, so I really wanted to see that one. Um, and it's written by John Croker and Fernanda Koppel, who is, is a weird pair, because <laughs> uh, John Croker is, he wrote, you know, he's written some scary stuff before, The Woman in Black 2, but he's also the co-writer of Paddington 2, which, you know, there's tons of Paddington love out there, but this is uh, this is not the movie where you're like, you want the Paddington guy to show up, but um, Fernanda Koppel is, uh, you know, wrote for How to Get Away with Murder and From Dust Till Dawn, the series, so, you know, some, some like, basically, it's, it's more than the director has, Santiago Maggini, this is his first feature film so you know uh, it's that mixed bag there's so many like it's one of those things when you and i watch it it'll be like well these were the red flags we saw <laughs> and we completely just drove right through them so you know but there are things like if i if i do like it, i'm gonna go yeah the the guys from the ritual have good taste you know the night house made a lot of noise you know like i'm gonna go through that christina rodlo uh who is the star here she was in the terror on AMC, which is very well done. Um, so, you know, what do I do? I don't know. So Just drive right through and watch it, buddy. I guess. So the unfortunate part here, too, if, if they don't release um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre's sequel here, this is probably one of the more prominent ones they have. So the Wednesday release, some of these other red flags kind of kind of giving me some pause. But God. <laughs> Do I need it to work? Please, please, someone out there. I don't know who you pray to when it comes to Halloween or horror films. Um, probably no one good. Church of Satan, hit me up, man. Try to put in a whatever you guys do for me. That would be terrific. Um, but the following week is really the one that I think, love it or hate it, I think it's going to be the most popular thing of that month because there's someone inside your house, even with the on the nose title has all the people that at least like have a history of either producing really good stuff for Netflix or just, you know, people who are, have real stock in the horror game. Uh, this movie is produced by Sean Levy, who is the stranger things producer, you know, director as well. Like he's the director of free guy amongst other things. He, he, he makes really good popular stuff pop. Um, and this is also produced by James Wan, who people are losing their shit on currently because of Malignant, uh, which I have yet to watch. So don't everybody you know, send your hate mail if I have any kind of inflection. I don't. I just love the fact that everybody is fighting over this movie. It makes me love it just even to see people get all bent out of shape. Um, but James Wan, of course, is also the person who, you know, the person who created Saw, The Conjuring, Insidious uh, franchises. So the man knows what he's doing. Um, you know, Aquaman to the side. But, you know, <laughs> I know Shane's going to rip me on that one in a minute. But um, a lot of a lot of stuff there that is 
good to work with. The novel was written by Stephanie Perkins, was a bestseller, very popular novel. Uh, it's written by Henry Gaden, who d is you know working on the second Shazam movie. So I, I personally really like the Shazam. Uh, well, uh, obviously we only have the first one, but I really like Shazam, and I'm really looking forward to the second one. So I hope that works. And then if you need more horror stuff, Patrick Bryce, uh, you know, is the director of Creep One and Two, and this movie with Jason Schwartzman, The Overnight, that looked very creepy that I haven't been able to watch just yet either. So a lot of things to look at there, but ultimately this does look right in the zone for that Stranger Things high school age. Uh, slasher film that is giving a lot of nods to some of those old slasher films. I believe I saw one article that says, I know what you did last Netflix or well, I know what you streamed last summer or whatever it was. Um, and the film is about a young girl, Makani Young, who has moved from Hawaii to quiet small town, Nebraska to live with her grandmother and finish high school. But as the countdown to graduation begins, her classmates are stalked by a killer intent on exposing their darkest secrets to the entire town, terrorizing victims while wearing a lifelike mask of their own face. With a mysterious past of her own, Makani and her friends must discover the killer's identity before they become victims themselves. Shane? I, I think it's going to be a huge hit, and I'll, I'll pin your Aquaman comment for another podcast <laughs> discussion. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I wrote down when I got done with this trailer, I did write down, like, I know what you did last summer, slash Scream, slash any teen slash flick. Yes. It looked really good, and I liked the uh, the effect of them, like the killer wearing their own face. I thought that was a nice yeah. little twist that I don't think I've ever seen before in a horror film. I don't think so. Am I, like, I feel like maybe one really B-level uh, horror film from the 80s might have had something like that, but I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I, I'm not there yet. No, so I liked everything I saw from this trailer, and I don't think they gave too much away as opposed to uh, no one gets out alive. So, again, this is a teen slasher. That's, you know, that's already gold. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, as long, if it gives me those vibes of I Know What You Did Last Summer, you know, minus Jennifer Jason, uh, or love you. Jennifer it. love you. Oh, it. Yeah. yeah. We won't get into that. And then scream I'm in. So this is the one, this is the one I'm putting all my eggs in, in this one. Yeah. I mean, right after fear street too, which they know they had success in that. And this really is digging hard into that age level and even kind of going a tick up because it, it feels creepier, but it does have that kind of like teen sassy vibe of a scream or or i know what you did like it has more of that night that 90 mid 90s snark to it right and it, and this isn't spoiling anything because it is in the trailer but you know when you see that kid is about to get his achilles sliced off that's where <laughs> yeah. it goes, that's where it goes up a level for sure so hopefully it won't get too much into that kind of stuff because i don't like the hostile kind of uh right i don't think it'll get that dark but yeah anytime. i don't think so either right but it, it, that means it is going to be a little step above what we're talking about, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to ride around. It's funny because, you know, I was talking with somebody actually at Horror Fest where I, they were like, oh, yeah, we showed because uh, Matthew Lillard and um, Ski Ulrich were at Horror Fest. And so they were like, oh, you know, we just had our young son watch Scream as kind of like an entry level film. And it kind of is in a way because, yeah, it gets a little bloody at the end for sure. But overall, it's not bad as far as, like, slashers go and things like that. And it's got enough humor and things to kind of, you know, keep 
keep the really dark things uh, like at arm's length for a lot of the movie. So it's just more, you know, creepy at times or, or playful even at times too. So it, it it's Kevin Williams and it's not, and mixed with Wes Craven. So it's really that delicate balance. And this movie is probably hoping for the same where it's like, you get a horror director, but you get the people who are bringing it have like this snark and comedy chops, you know? So it kind of balances things out that, I'm hoping, you know, for my sake, I like that stuff. So right. please, you know, give me that. I, I think they casted this really well. Uh, Sydney Park from The Walking Dead, and she was just in Moxie, which uh, was Amy Poehler's directorial debut earlier on this year. Uh, she plays the lead here. Plus, you got people from Virgin River and The Order and the To All the Boys trilogy and, and Arrow. Like, it's all people that are from the stuff that, this age level is already familiar with. So I think that definitely plays in its favor. And I think, I think this is going to be a hit, whether it's going to be good or not is yet to be seen, but I have my hopes. And I think this is the one that they're really pinning their, pinning their hat on uh, when it comes to the season. And then a couple of weeks after that, uh, is a follow-up. I mean, it's funny that you and I did blood red sky together um, Night Teeth, uh, another you know kind of update on the vampire theme uh, is coming out. Like I said, October twentieth. Um, there is no trailer for this yet. I was kind of like, okay, it, it, we're a month away. Can we give give something here? Especially because there are some big name talented uh, folks in the the more notable lesser uh, less screen time cast, just more character actor stuff filling out with. Megan Fox and Alexander Ludwig and Alfie Allen. You know, there's a lot of people here who who really are incredibly popular. I I can't wait to see a trailer for this. I'm hoping that it's worth all all of this. But as you can imagine by the whole night teeth thing, this is a play on the vampire story. Uh, the plot reads, To earn some extra cash, quirky college student Benny moonlights as a chauffeur for one night. His task? drive two mysterious young women around Los Angeles for a night of party hopping, taken captive by his client's charm. He soon learns that his passengers have their own plans for him and an insatiable thirst for blood. As his night spins out of control, Benny is thrust into the middle of a clandestine war that pits rival tribes of vampires against the protectors of the human world, led by his brother, Raul Castillo, who will stop at nothing to send them back into the shadows. With sunrise fast approaching, Benny is forced to choose between fear and temptation if he wants to stay alive and save the city of angels. What do you got for me, Shane, now that you've kind of gone over all this? Well, I'm not surprised by any of that description you read in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, again, that's right up my alley. Yep. You know, you got the whole... Especially now I know the vampire clans are going to win against each other here. I, I didn't read that little part of your description. Yeah. And again, I like, uh, as much as I don't like the Toe Thumbs uh, actress, I like Alfie, uh, the Game of Thrones guy. Um, yeah. yeah, Alfie Allen, who played Theon Greyjoy in, yeah, in Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I kid about Megan Fox, but seriously, look at the thumbs one time. You, you'll, uh, you'll get grossed out. Yeah, I kind of ignore the thumbs when she's dressing up to the VMAs in next to nothing. I'm just so, saying, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm like George Costanza and Shallow Hal. I can't like <laughs> not look at it. So, which by yeah. the way, uh, weird aside that you brought that up. That that 
what is it called? The vesticular tail? What? What? I forgot yes. what the exact. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what it was. Um, that was uh, Patton Oswalt's idea. Yeah, he he pitched to them and yeah he did he didn't I don't think he's credited with the screenplay at all but he tossed that in uh and and put that on Twitter recently he was like that was my idea that I gave to the Farley brothers nice little drop of trivia on this show you're gonna get tonight I know man that's, that's what happens when you spend way too much time online that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Megan uh Megan Fox I like her you know and especially when she does more creepy stuff Jennifer's body has kind of gotten this cult classic status um till death is actually going to be on Netflix during the October uh season so you know if you haven't checked that out I haven't yet so I'm going to check that out um, but I'm with you I wish they would have dropped the trailer because I went looking for same. it all day today until you told me yeah there's none there I'm like dude it's September whatever we're in right now it's like come yeah. on yeah we're recording this on the night of the 20th it's like you got a month what are we doing here right but no, I'm, I'm in on this one and, you know, again all things Halloween I'm, I'm in on I'll watch them all yeah I also find it weird like uh, some of the casting you know a lot of people who have done former Netflix stuff um, Debbie Ryan did Horse Girl uh, Lucy Fry uh, was Tika in Bright. That was the elf, uh, you know, kind of the patron saint elf there or whatever. Um, Raul Castillo was Mikey Guzman in Army of the Dead, the guy who was kind of like, you know, the the camera hunger. Uh, they found him on Instagram or whatever it was or YouTube oh, or whatever okay, it was. I like him in that. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, so, you know, a lot of people like that. Or even Alexander Ludwig, who, uh, you know, is an Operation Christmas drop for them last year. Um, but outside of that, if you want to talk red flags, which just to be fair for any of this, directed by Adam Randall, who, uh, you know, did iBoy for Netflix, um, which I did not see. It didn't get trashed as a Netflix film, but I believe that's the one with, um, what's her name? Maisie Williams, the, from Game yes. of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been meaning to watch that one because I like her. I like Game of Thrones, but I that was before this podcast. So it's always hard to go backwards, baby. It, we got <laughs> so much to deal with right in front of our face, obviously. Um, and then it's written by Brent Dillon, which is his first feature length screenplay. So a lot of those early things where it's like first of anything, it's always like, uh, this could go south pretty quick. Um, it can, or then you can have a surprise like we had with the Gunpowder Milkshake. Wasn't that like first time writer director on that one? No, that wasn't. But uh, a good example is his house from last year. That was the first feature and that knocked it out of the park. So, you know, if you want optimism, uh, that, that I would say is the one I always point to, but this one, you know, again, these are all Wednesday releases. I don't know if they're offsetting it for um, maybe Oscar stuff or or just not competing against the heavy, heavy studio releases uh, coming out all fall long. Um, so they, I know uh, Disney, we talked about before, Disney Plus did that where they started putting their shows out on Wednesdays because they didn't want to fight Netflix, ironically, uh, with all their Friday releases and then obviously any studio stuff that they were going to have, like say an MCU movie comes out or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Netflix was like, we're going to take Wednesday and Friday. How about that, motherfucker? And then just uh, go from there. So interesting strategy there. But definitely this one, I, I always like a good 
vampire film that doesn't take itself super serious. And one of the things, I don't know if I'm reading too hard into the plot, but it also seems like it's a like a one night and done thing, which I always like those one day movies where it's like all in one day, bang it out, you know, some big cataclysmic thing happens running for your life. Like uh, that was actually part of the appeal about uh, Fear Street in a way. Uh, because I think that first film was just all one day. It was just, here's this terrible day. You're going to spend all night, you know, running from a killer or five and uh, and go from there. So this one might actually be the same deal. Although with this big kind of like rival tribe war, you know, it might end up being something bigger. But do you, do you enjoy that kind of stuff too? No, I think you didn't read too much into it. I think that's what I got out of it too. It seems like he's going to, you know, doing this one night Uber job, whatever he's doing and everything's going to happen during the, the the pacing of that night before right. sunrise hits, you know, cause yeah, make a decision. Yeah. You know, so no, I like those kind of movies cause you mentioned fear street, but dust till dawn was the same way. Correct. I just, yeah. I, I just like those kind of movies where everything just happens in, in one evening or the course out of one day. So I think it's yeah. also based on the description too. I don't think it's going to take itself too seriously. I think there's going to be some, a lot of tongue in cheek in there as well. I don't think so either. Right. So I think it should hit on all those levels that I look for in a, in a movie like that, you know, as opposed yeah. to blood sky where, or I'm sorry, red sky, where it just was blood red sky. Yeah. Blood red sky was, you know, a little more on the serious vampire tone, but again, the course of one night, you know, another one of those movies. Yeah, no, for sure. And the interesting thing is that again, the following week we have yet another <laughs> Wednesday release um, that, you know, I, I really need to look into this more, whether they did this all on purpose. And what's interesting, too, now that I'm looking at all the release dates. So this is the following week after that one, uh, the 13th, which is in between there's someone inside your house and Night Teeth. There is another one. We'll get to that one at the end. Um, and then <laughs> another crappy sequel which we also talk about at the end so it seems like they're all really kind of banging these out wednesday after wednesday so i don't know where they're gonna have room shane if they do put in uh the texas chainsaw sequel so now now that i'm really kind of seeing this in real time i'm like between that and the fact that army of thieves is the 29th and uh the guilty is coming up that's going to release on the first and yeah there's there's some stuff here no, I agree with you in uh, the fact that Wednesday nights seem to be their let's just hope and pray this hits on a Wednesday night. It seems like they're suspense, thriller, slash horror movies. Right. Like you said, Jake Gyllenhaal's new movie, uh, you just point out, comes out October 1st. Yeah, it's a so Friday. I think, you know, I think those bigger, heavy hitter actors and actresses you see in a film, I think those are still going to be Friday releases. Yeah. And they'll, they'll just put them up against, you know... The one that comes to the top of my head is, you know, HBO Max doing the Soprano story movie October 1st. Sure. You know, yeah. but I like the idea of having something to watch on a Wednesday night, whether it hit or hits or not. It become it could become a Wednesday night staple, to be honest with you. I like having stuff on certain days. And, right. you know, again, some of these could do very, hopefully start to do very well. Yeah. And, and you know, if it if it starts to build up a little momentum going into the weekend, then it lands on the top 10 and you're saying there, what am I going to watch? Boom, it's already there because it had a couple of days to build momentum. It's not a bad way to go. Right. I agree with that. Like, again, just especially during this time of year, I just kind of like that feel of, of having these on Wednesday. So it gives me something to watch midweek and then hopefully something on Friday as well. 
Absolutely. And and in that spirit, uh, Hypnotic is the next movie we're going to talk about, uh, which comes out on the 27th, which, again, I know two days later is Army of Thieves. So, again, they have the big ones on Fridays and then these kind of the offsetting, you know, kind of like smaller movies on Wednesdays. Uh, this movie it has me twisted in knots for for the reason uh kind of things that we talked about before where it's like sometimes the people who make them are you're like shaking your head like oh I don't like what they've made before but then you look at the cast and you're like these are some of my favorite people so this one is that personified this one uh just to get the plot out of the way is a young woman Seeking self-improvement enlists the help of a renowned hypnotherapist, but after a handful of intense sessions, she discovers unexpected and deadly consequences. And this movie is headed by Kate Siegel, who uh, is known for her work with her husband director, Mike Flanagan, who is going to steal a lot of the charm uh, of the Halloween horror season with Midnight Mass, which comes out. Um, is that the first two? I think so. It's coming up soon. I know it's really coming up, but um, you know, she of course of Haunting of Hill Hill House, Hush, Oculus, Gerald's Game, and will also be in Midnight Mass as well, uh, which she often is in any Flanagan project in some regard. Um, you also have Jason O'Mara, who was in Agents of Shield, Man in the High Castle, and The Siege of Jadoville, which to me is one of the most underrated Netflix films. Uh, out there that was in our hidden gems episode that Shane and uh, arguing with myself Chris Frodell was in uh, a long time ago still a top 25 episode there Shane oh really people people still enjoy it so if you haven't listened to that one go back we had a a few uh, interesting films I think what was it the three it was Siege of Jadoville from me it was what did you do before I wake yeah that was it yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then Chris did the the Brolin film. What was the name of that one? Oh, White Deer Tail Hunter. Yeah, the White yeah, Tail. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So interesting, but again, Jason O'Mara was kind of the asshole, I think, if I remember correctly, in Siege of Jadoville. Um, and then one of my favorite dudes ever, Dulé Hill, is in this movie because um, I, I desperately want to pitch to Netflix that I need to interview Dulé Hill just because I just want to have at least, come on, son, like one time, because I'm the biggest psych fan in the history of mankind. I also love the West Wing. So he holds a, a, a major, major uh, place in on, on the mantle in this house because those are also two of my wife's favorite shows. We watch those a bunch. So uh, that and the fact that he's doing the reboot for The Wonder Years, which w- the original was one of my favorite shows. So Dulé Hill, he's the man. I I love him. His Gus is one of my favorite characters of all time. So, But the caveat here, the, ba- the real ugh in this whole equation, this movie is directed by Matt Angel and Suzanne Cote, who had one of the worst-reviewed Netflix films, and it's a thriller, uh, The Open House that came out, uh, I believe, four years ago, three, four years ago. It was, again, before uh, we did this podcast. So, yeah, the uh, I think the Metacritic score was, like, in the 20s or 30s. It got brutalized um, when that came out. And then this is also written by Richard, sorry to butcher your name potentially, but Diavideo. 
um, where he did uh, the 13 Ghosts remake, uh, that one with Matthew Lillard. Yeah, which Shane's making a face, and I totally agree. Um, the Call with Halle Berry and Exit Wounds. Like, where does that come from? I'm sure Shane has seen Exit Wounds. Who hasn't seen Exit Wounds? That's the question <laughs> you should be asking. <laughs> it's true. But you, of all people, I know you've seen oh, it. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Is that the one with DMX? Yep, and Steven Seagal, yeah. So yes. that's, that's well, that part is obvious. It's a Seagal film, but yes. yeah. Yeah, it was one of DMX's. You know, that was when he did his little, yeah, we won't get into a tangent, but he had his couple films like that he snuck in there. I yeah. think That and Belly, yeah. right, were like really close? Yes. Ish? Yep. Yeah. So, Shane, now that I laid all that, man, I, I am so twisted up by this movie. Are you in the same camp? No, I'm not. I, I You had me because I wrote down in my notes, Gus from Psych. That's the only <laughs> reason why I'm watching this movie, okay? Uh-huh, sure. Like you, Psych is probably in my top five shows of all time. Love it. Regardless of genre. I don't think it gets enough credit, but we're not here to talk about Psych. We're here to talk about <laughs> Dooley Hill, which I sure? love. <laughs> but he is why I'm watching this film. Yeah. Just plain and straightforward. And I do like uh, Katie uh, Siegel. I do like her. I love Hush. Yeah. I like every movie she's been in. Of course, I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan. Same. So with the pairing of those two, and I'm, I'm hoping Gus gets a lot of screen time here. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I need to know. I'm in. I'm in on yeah. this one. Yeah, it's well casted, so I'm hoping it can go above the fray. Right. But I'm I'm also, you know, hoping that it doesn't fall into intrusion vibes after I just watched that last night. So oh. yeah. I, I again they get a lot of equity with Dule. <laughs> so and, and anything Flanagan, so you're you're dead on. That's the reason why you hit play on this one. But man, I've only seen again, doesn't have a trailer yet. Uh it does have some photos out there <laughs> where again, you know, kind of a woman tied to a bed thing. Shocked that uh, that was a Flanagan staple with uh, Gerald's game, that whole thing, and now we're doing it again. Uh, the guy just like, you know, uh, any woman in his life that gets tied to a bed. I don't know uh, what's going on here with that, but, you know, could be interesting, could be, you know, terrifying, that kind of feeling that Gerald's game gives you uh, that maybe we're going to get a, a different slant on that. Right. Yeah. I, I'm with you on, I'm with you on everything you just said. I uh, was trying to look up that director who's directing this movie and yeah, this is like, he doesn't have much in the, in the barrel. Let's say. No, I'm very surprised that you get a second chance after getting something. And on a side man. note, I was looking at him like, Oh, he did, you know, he does a lot of TV series. No, he acted in a lot of TV series. He's mm. only directed like three films. Right. Right. So yeah. I was like, Oh, you know, he directed some grim episodes. That's not too bad. You know, I've watched grim. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, he was an actor in it. I went back. Yeah. yeah so that being yeah. said, I'm still in on this one, man. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. That is towards the end of the month. Like I said, it, it, if you don't like that, wait. <laughs> Netflix new motto should just be you didn't like that? Wait a couple of days. We got something <laughs> else for you. Because, like I said, Army of Thieves. I didn't put Army of Thieves on this list, but I guess you can kind of put it in this because if there is zombies which i really didn't get a sense because they weirdly they've been pitching this as like a crime film mixed with a rom-com versus like uh you know an actual like hey we're gonna deal with a ton of zombie stuff here but it might be a mix of both but i haven't really seen enough to see did you remember the trailer like any where they really put it out there that this is going to be during the zombie No, stuff? here here's my sense of, of what's going on like you said i think it's going to be a just a uh, heist film 
with right. some, with some funny uh, rom you know humor in there. And I think when the movie ends, that's where we're going to see the the whole right. outbreak of everything. So it's going to be happening almost simultaneously towards the end of this movie. So right. it leads right into Army of Thieves. That's the feeling I got out of this film or the trailer, well, I should say. And honestly, if that's not the way it goes, then they're liars. Because right. if anyone who watched the first movie, uh, when they talk to the Dieter character and interview him about trying to get him on the team, he says that he hasn't had to deal with this. And part of the humor of Army of the Dead is that he's so like frightened of these zombies and it's like all new to him. So... Um, so then army of the dead is even more suspect if you don't have him staying away from the zombies in this film. So we'll see. And we'll I see how it goes. Film. I liked him in that film. He was one of the best parts of that film to me. And I, thought I so think too. army thieves will work better if they don't try to trick us. I agree. I, I think that, it, you know, again, with the people that they have in there, a lot of people I like, including him and he's directing. So, and, and from what I hear again, uh, you know, he's a big star in Germany that like he might be, you know, the next wave. This is his entree into it. Cause I gotta say, I like the trailer. Well, you know, Hasselhoff's big in Germany too. So, you know, you gotta like, you gotta <laughs> yes. balance it out. Hasselhoff. Yeah. Bring up everything Germany has to offer, except not that thing. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. If you want to count that in this kind of update, you got that too. And then the last so I kept to the end, one, uh, because it is Spanish and, you know, kind of a little bit of a different pace to it, a little bit of a different uh, thought. It was very different than these other films. Uh, Fever Dream, which is out on 1013, which is, again, another Wednesday. Um, this is a y Spanish film. That is about a young woman uh, who's lying. The, the description is very weird. I'm going to sound like I'm getting, uh, you know, kind of confused here, but it, it's very different from what the trailer, per, you know, kind of put out there. And maybe you can echo that potentially in a minute, Shane. But the description is a young woman lies dying far from home. A boy sits beside her. She is not his mother. He is not her child. Together, they tell a haunting story of broken souls, an invisible threat, and the power and desperation of family, based on the internationally critically acclaimed novel by Samantha Schweblin. So, when I watched the, the trailer for this, I did not get any of what they just described. Because to me, it, it does have family stuff, and it does seem kind of like a haunted thing with uh, a loss or something like that, and with that, but I did not get that this is like a retelling of some kind of haunted story. See, I missed out in this trailer. I did not watch this trailer, so I'm going basically off your description of this movie, which I'm, I just pulled up right now. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to fully fit, so that's why I'm kind of curious that maybe, I don't know, maybe they kind of pulled a lot of punches from the trailer to kind of make it you know, especially when it's it's a Spanish title and you're trying to maybe get some crossover, you're going to do it like American style where it's like, here's this kind of creepy woman that they encountered and her son who she lost but is still around. Is he a ghost? You know, that type of stuff, um, you know, where that could be more intriguing. But that's not how any of the plot descriptions read. So I'm definitely I'm intrigued. I don't I know this is one that they were really kind of pitching hard to be like, this might have crossover appeal, but you know, 
I don't know. I don't know on this one. Uh, again, I it seems really out there and weird, but I, you know, I'll give it a go. I mean, Wednesday night, hey, it might be my normal Wednesday night thing. For sure, just get the reading glasses on to get those subtitles, baby. But uh, you, you know, really save the best for last here. Uh, so deflating when I saw this. Wait, Did you think right. I was going to let you get away with this without mentioning this film? I know. I wish. I wish it didn't exist. But here we go. So. Anyone who, you know, paid attention this time last year to our episodes or actually caught this movie, there was a Polish slasher film that Shane and I were both like, cool, we're going to get like a camp slasher type thing in the woods, you know, creepy villain, you know, something to really sink our teeth into. It was called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. And of all the movies we watched during that season, this was garbage absolute garbage incoherent garbage like where like it seemed like everybody was not in the same movie and then it got more and more ridiculous as it went on and then kind of the the final like the final girl slash who survives this whole thing basically ends not to spoil anything because you can't spoil a terrible movie it's 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 incomprehensible they made it more about a cop that shows up way, way, way too late in the movie. And and the the one girl, I think, who kind of survives, I think, at the end. They made this movie about them. Like, the cop is still involved and everything else. And I could not care less about this movie. It has an, only an October release date. It doesn't have an official release date just yet, which is even better. Great. Now it's going to drop in front of my face at some random moment in October when I'm like, oh, this isn't going so bad. And then, bam, it's going to punch me in the face. And we talked about it a little bit off air. Shane, why am I still going to turn this on? Because uh, we ha- we're sick. We, we have a disease. <laughs> like, we do. I, like, again, I echo you. I don't know how you make a movie this hot garbage. Like, just straight hot garbage. And it got a sequel. I think when you texted me initially, my first thought was what I think I typed you. Are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah. There's no way a sequel to this guy greenlit. Whoever yeah. greenlit it needs to be fired immediately. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. But then I turn around. I told you, but you know what? I'll be watching it. <laughs> I know. It's gross. We're, we're bad people. We, we should have our cards taken away from us. We should have the microphones unplugged. We don't trust us. You know, we are, we have bad instincts, but what's funny is we're just going to turn around and go, so that was pretty awful. Huh? <laughs> like, that's that what we're going to do. Yeah. How would we expect anything else? Because I yeah. can't express to you people less, that are listening out there or going to listen how on the lowest level, this movie was so bad. Like it yeah. was so bad. And it was like gross too. <laughs> like it didn't make any sense. They brought in like the priest thing. Like it made it weird. Like, so, so many things that went wrong in this movie that didn't make any sense. And, like, the only thing that makes sense, and without getting too into the weeds, is Netflix has been trying to make more and more titles in specific countries. And if they know they already have something that maybe got watched a decent amount in a certain company, it's easy for them to just green light a sequel because they need to make certain amount of movies in certain countries to keep subscribers in that region available and you know because i heard something especially in europe that you know if you don't shoot enough movies locally in those countries then they won't offer that streaming service in that country 
So a lot that. of people are starting to do that. So this might be one of those. Um, but has to be. Has to be. I, I, I would think uh, it's the same way you've seen a bunch of German stuff recently. Um, Blood Red Sky was a co-production with Germany. Um, I think they have, oh, there, uh, the Munich story is coming out. Uh, and there's like a few other things that like Germany all of a sudden is getting a bunch of productions. So, you know, is that because it's cheap or they made a studio or any of those things? Or is it about subscribers, which ultimately it always is about subscribers. So whatever, man, do your business, but I don't know if I have to watch them. <laughs> That's the only thing I would say. Do whatever you need to, um, but covering them here, we shall see. <laughs> but yes, we are sick people. There's no reason to watch this movie or its predecessor. But yeah, it's probably it's probably going to happen, and, and we're going to be real sad. We're going to be punching ourselves the entire time. Well, I might not be so sad because I'll probably be so drunk at the end of that movie. <laughs> That is a six pack before you hit play movie. That is, I watch something good and then because I'm already that deep, then then I'm gonna put on this just for a hoot. Right, uh, exactly right. Yeah, but yikes, yikes, my man. Yeah, I did try to sneak this one past, but uh, <laughs> it, it was not to be, not to be outdone. Uh, this terrible, terrible movie. Um, but. As soon as there's a trailer, you know I'm sending that to you. It's going to become this sick joke the entire time. And I'll send it to Larry, too, because I don't think he hated that movie as much as we did, if memory serves. If so it makes it even me, worse. I think we're all on the same page. We might have felt like it was more hot garbage than he did, but I remember right. us all being on the same page after watching that movie. Yeah, and I, I think the worst of it, too, because I also watched that other terrible movie, The Day of the Lord, too, on top of it. Um, that, yeah, we had probably, we had two good ones last year with his house and I liked vampires versus the Bronx too, as well. I thought that was fun in kind of a more family ish type of vampire story. And then cadaver was that in between had promise, but was kind of let down. And then the hot garbage <laughs> between nobody sleeps in the woods tonight, the day of the Lord. And if you count Hubie Halloween and all of this, you got oh, that too. So, yeah. That one. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the poor Adam Sandler. Oh, he's got to toss him under the bus at some point. Um, and then of course the one we didn't watch because it didn't happen until November. The call is one of the best horror movies that's on Netflix. So, you know, maybe put them out at the proper time. Netflix, help me out. I'm trying to make a show here. Don't put it in during Oscar fall season. What are you doing to me? Right. But we got it right later. Larry had me watch it. We talked about it uh, back uh, in the earlier part of this type of episode. So watch the call. Watch the call. If you want to take any of the lessons, watch that. Watch his house. If you saw me at uh, Connecticut Horror Fest, I had a little uh, little thing to pass out tell people what's coming up plus what's good uh if you want to know shane because uh, i don't know if you saw the, the image i put on instagram but i put the call on there i put his house i put apostle uh I the, did fear see street, that. Yep. the fear street trilogy um i don't know i always vacillate between should i put any of the stephen king flanagan ones or should i put um yeah there's enough to go around there's some good horror stuff out there um, I probably didn't even think to put, um, you know, some of the more playful ones like the babysitter or, you know, even if you count uh, something like, oh, the perfection. I completely forgot to. So 
They've had some decent Eli. Stuff. You put Eli on there as well. Oh, I did put Eli. You're right. So that's half of Flanagan. He produced that, right? So yep. definitely uh, some decent stuff. If you're looking for some recommendations, you know, those are some of the big ones um, that we've covered here too. So you can watch them and then go back and listen to our reviews as well. Uh, there's a bunch of decent stuff, especially if you're into the Stephen King ones. The only Stephen King one I really didn't like all that much was In the Tall Grass, even though I was so bought in because, you know, of that kind of the creepiness of, of that kind of thing. He knows a good setting. It's whether the story at the end of the day made enough coherent sense for me. Um, so that one was a pass from me. But other than that, yeah, if you watch 1922, you watch Gerald's Game, you know, those type of things tend to work out better. So check those things out. Um, and yeah, I think we got a, enough to chew on come this, uh, horror Halloween season. Any other plans from you, Shane, as it comes through for media mosh or the like, what are you looking forward to? Just in Halloween, uh, see, yeah, the Halloween yeah, season. I guess any of that. Yeah. I'm in minority. Okay. Um, I'm, li- I'm looking forward to Halloween kills. I don't care what anyone says out there. I like the first one. I like the soft reboot or the soft sequel to the, the first one. Okay. I'm looking forward to Halloween Kills. That's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. But in general, in general, I love October 1st, and I hate to talk about a different station out there. We're not talking about another streaming service. We're just talking about TV stations. Remember what TV sure. stations are? Yeah. Uh-huh. AMC always does October right. They have four movies every night of the week, the entire month. So Yeah. And listen, I'm sure Shudder's going to kill it, too. I-, I haven't even looked in to see what they you know, have. I forgot but... all about Shudder, and Hulu normally does... Oh, we won't talk about Hulu, but hopefully, you know, the Netflix <laughs> can get her fill for the, for the month with AMC. But no, Halloween Kills, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. And and have you seen uh, have you seen Malignant yet? I like James Wan. I think he is one of the best horror directors going on. I I haven't gotten through it yet. I had to shut it okay. off. Yeah, I couldn't make it through. Like, I'm going to go back and, and finish it. But so far, it's a thumbs down for me. Okay. Yeah, there's. I I feel like this year has been really strong with horror. I think that it's kind of saved what has kind of been a lukewarm year thus far, as far as stuff that's out to the general public. What's in the fall festivals and you know Dune coming up and all these type of things, which is also coming out in October, I believe. Um, so you got a bunch of bunch of cool stuff coming up, but you know. For me, my favorite film of the year still is Quiet Place too. I know I'm I'm like you were saying minority, whatever, but like that's that's my favorite thing I've seen thus far this year, or at least the most captivating thing. I thought Candyman was okay. I thought it was high concept and kind of botched the 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 uh, the landing, especially. I was really into it the first third, first half of oh, the film. It's still on my list kinda, to see. It's still on my yeah. list to see. But you're right, Quiet Place would be in my top. It'd be my top five for the year for sure. I feel like they've definitely dominated a lot of the conversations that I see online. Oh, absolutely. The horror films have done well, at least as far as like trying to get people to be around and, and, and actually go back to the movies too. It's, it's kind of been something of a boom. Uh, if you're not a Marvel movie or something like horror, it, it drives them in, the it brings them in period. Yeah. Yeah. And Halloween kills. Uh, I mean, it's going, you know, day and date to Peacock, but you know, I, I'm probably going to see it in the theater. Even though I did not like the first one. Sorry, Shane. I know. Again, I'm in the minority. It's a Shane problem. I, I, I don't think I, you I, are, though. I think there's a lot of apologies for uh, for this. I was so into it. And then, I, you know, we'll get out of here eventually. But, like, um, I was so into it 
that I listened to this whole um, Halloween podcast that had, you know, all the stars coming back talking about, you know, like Carpenter was on it and everything just talking about the legacy and how the originals were were made and, and all the sequels and all this stuff. It was this long podcast. This, uh, you know, it was so good. The Ringer did it, and it was so good. Halloween Unmasked, I think is, is what it's called. So good. And then I listened to the last episode, comes out on the day of the, the release. I go to the theater and I watch it and I go, oh, geez, that let me down. <laughs> like, it was oh, wow. such a letdown because I was so pumped up. And then I was like, oh. And especially, you know, Shane, the the opening part of that movie where it's like, hey, let's have the podcasters look like dumbasses. Right. Uh, right up top, too. So, stung slightly uh, <laughs> on that one, too. So, you know, we'll see. But. A lot to look forward to this season. I think horror's done incredibly well. Um, anything else for the mosh that you want to plug before you get out here? Uh, just that I'm making a slight change. It's going to be bi-monthly starting okay. this week, just because with my school schedule, and I basically took the summer off because we traveled a lot. Right. I'm getting back to this week. I'm going to be reviewing Cop Shop which uh, with Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. Looking and forward to it. Frank so on Grillo. brand. Yep. yep. Uh, right up my alley. So that's going to be my main review this weekend, and we'll be back on track, but we're going to a bi-monthly format until I'm done with school, just to be honest with everybody. <laughs> hey, life, life unfortunately gets in the way more often than not. I was telling you, I, I had my wisdom teeth out on Thursday. We're doing this on a Monday. I'm on pain meds. So if you're like, Andrew's been uh, off and wacky this whole episode, be like, you should have seen me yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Or if you saw me at a horror fest, you're like, Jesus, he was just kind of like <laughs> lifeless or weird. There's a reason. <laughs> so, um, but Such hopefully I know, hopefully, uh, you did grab one of our flyers over the weekend or, or hopefully, you know, you're just excited for the horror movie. So definitely reach out to us on uh nomcast pod on the socials and just you know tell us what you're excited for this halloween season tons to look over and shane i hope uh you have a excellent halloween and we'll we'll have to regroup after all this and see what what panned out yeah absolutely thanks for having me again tonight and we will definitely regroup and get our thoughts especially after for those movies we named at the end of your show we'll get back to those uh, crimes against cinema <laughs> thanks Shane talk to you soon uh, alright bud <laughs> <laughs>